Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. What was going on was the burner inside of the oven, which is the uh, burner that actually operates the oven, had a little hole in the side of it. So that meant that when the, the gas comes on, she will get a big boom. This is the plaintiff, Cynthia Gray. She says she purchased a stove from the defendant, and a week later, the thing wouldn't turn on. It would just make a boom noise. No matter what she does, she can't get the thing to work. And she's had it with the defendant's excuses and is suing for the return of her $710. This is the defendant, Sherry McGarry. She says she and the plaintiff got into a heated argument over the stove's warranty. She even offered to exchange the stove, but the plaintiff kicked her out. And, well, here they are. She's accused of getting hot under the collar with a customer. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Gray, you uh, apparently had a broken-down stove and needed a new one, and you bought one from the defendant, correct? Yes. And what kind of place is that that you bought it at? It's a used appliance store that she had for okay. years, which I bought a stove before from her, and it was fine years ago. All right. And it was fine. Okay. So that's why I bought another So what happened with this one? You paid $125 plus $25 to get it delivered, and what happened? Okay, when I got the stove, January the 10th, I bought the stove. February the 12th, on a Wednesday, it went out, and I notified her. And so she came back March the 5th, Thursday, and she lit the oven. All right, when you first bought it, was all of it working? Yes, ma'am. Right. So then it stopped working, and you called Ms. McGarry, and she, w she went over herself, or she sent somebody? She came out to fix it. Okay. Did she ever fix the stove, yes or no? No. And the last time that, that she came to fix it, how did she leave it? Oh, I'll come back and I'll fix it? Or what was it that happened? And then she just never surfaced? Or how did it end? When she came, she cut it on, and it came on, and I said, but Sherry, can you at least wait till the light come on? And she said, no, it's fixed. And she walked on. So then you kept calling, and you told her, look, it's broken, it didn't... And what did she say? We was communicating through the phone, and she never would respond to me. And she came okay, back. Got so it. And then what did you do? You ended up ordering a new stove, a brand new stove from someone else. 
for 210, correct? Right. And you paid that person to remove this stove for 20 bucks. Ms. McGarry, let me ask you, what's the deal here? Because she gave you many, many months to try to fix it. What happened? What was going on was the burner inside of the oven, which is the uh, burner that actually operates the oven, had a little hole on the side of it. So that meant that when the, the gas comes on, she would get a big boom because it's, it's, it's a little hole there. And it took me a while, I do admit, took a while for me to replace that burner, find the right burner to put back in there, put a new igniter in there also as well. After that, she said, well, the top part is not lighting up. And I'm like, what do you mean the top part? And she was talking about the broiler. There's also an igniter for the broiler as well. I said, Ms. Gray, you had me working on this one part here and you're telling me that you don't care if this part, this is what cooks. This is, but I don't understand. You You'd been there. Up. You'd been right. But you had been there three times. Why didn't you notice that it wasn't working? I mean, she's not an expert. You're the expert. You well, had been there I so many times. Didn't you notice it when you turned it on it? Right. I know. But, you know, like. No, the broiler. I never turned the broiler on because the average person doesn't use a broiler to cook. They, they use a broiler to just brown their food. The oven part is what you use to cook with. After I finished with the oven part and I put the new burn, uh, burner in there and also the new igniter, she got upset because the broiler wasn't, you know, wasn't working. Okay, and when she got upset, then that's when things just kind of went off the chart because she got, she's starting to get, starting to curse a little bit or whatever the case may be. And when I get into those situations, I just walk away from it. She said, well, you don't have to worry about coming back here anymore. I'm going to take you to court and blah, blah, blah. So when people tell me that, that's what I do. I just walk away. And that's what I did. I walked away. Okay, Judge right. Merlin. But, you know, you, you went to did. her house how many times to get it working? How many times did you go to the house to get, it, to get it, the item I, you I sold admit, it was a lot of times that I did go to the house to okay, get it Okay, so in those times, don't to. you think that you should make sure it's fully working? Like, you're blaming her but it seems to me you should make sure it's fully working. Go ahead, Ms. Gray. What were you going to say? Okay. Uh, and she she told me she was going to get a new pipe. She took the pipe out of here, but she never did and bought the old pipe back with the same hole in it. She put it on there. I don't know about the stove. No, so I did not. Saying, no, I boom, did not. Boom, boom, boom. I did not do uh, that. So I called... That is so I, had to buy, I called the gas company. The gas company came because I kept smelling gas and the stove kept saying boom, boom. And the gas company, they came and cut it off. And you can see up on the gas paper, it got an X on it. It said natural gas odor leak investigation. It was gas leaking out. Yeah. And then it said that inspect of it. like that came possible. from your old stove. Okay, everybody stop. Everybody stop. Everybody stop. I'm ready to rule. You paid $125 for the stove. You paid $25, $25 for, the, for delivery, the delivery. And then you had to pay 20 bucks to get it out of there. Right? Yes. That's yes. I'm ordering her to pay you one hundred and seventy dollars, which would be all your money back on everything that you had to do okay. because of that stove. I am not going to order her to pay you the money for the new stove because then you got a free stove. That doesn't make sense. Your support is about uh, making you whole. That okay. means that we're supposed right, to make right. sure that you're That's... not out any money for. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm bothered by the fact that you had to wait and wait and wait. But you right. know, those are also Basketball. decisions you made to wait and wait and wait. Mm -hmm. And you can't really get yeah. a pain, pain and suffering on, a, on an appliance okay. case. Pain and suffering is for other types of cases. Okay. So I'm ordering her to reimburse you the $170. 
and uh, of course your court costs uh, and prejudgment statutory interest from the day that you paid her because you really didn't have a stove since the time you paid her back what in about my February or whenever it was. What What about your what? what about my stove? My stove? I kept what telling her to what? pick it up. No, I'll tell you what. Normally, no, no, wait. Normally, I would be saying go pick up your stove. But that is what it's going to cost you to have ignored the problem for four months. Uh, when you say, well, when that happens, I want to walk away, that's fine. But I know she's telling you I'm going to sue you, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, you're out of stove. Okay, that's my verdict. Thank you, Yana. Thank you so much. Ms. McGarry, what do you think? Uh, I know you're a little upset, but you took a long time. Are you surprised at the, uh, the outcome? At the time, I didn't know that the broiler wasn't working at the time because she never told me until the very end that the broiler wasn't working after I spent all that time repairing it. And I wouldn't have spent all that time had she just accepted another stove. Well, listen, I'm sorry for you, but that's the judge's decision. You got to give her that money. Uh, Ms. Gray, let me ask you, I know you're, I know you're happy to get this resolved. I'm wondering, what yes. were you doing all this time when you didn't have a stove that worked? What, what were you doing but to cook see, with? I could cook. I was cooking on top of the stove. The top of the stove worked where you can fix grits and boil stuff and fry. I just couldn't bake. But I'm fine. I'm so happy with the judgment. All I wanted was my money or another stove. And I got it. That's all I wanted, and I'm satisfied. <laughs> okay, good for you. One satisfied plaintiff. That's good. The defendant didn't... Uh didn't really provide the service. No, and you know, she said, oh, she could have just had another stove. Well, that's right. not how it works. Right. She bought that stove. That was the stove she wanted. Right. You know, that was the oven she wanted. So if that's what she bought from her, fix it or give her her money back. It's one or the other. She doesn't have to take another one. Right, and you didn't find that there was a basis to give her money for all the meals she had to eat in between or... No, or she was thing. able to use the top. And, right, you know, they she were, managed. Yeah, she she managed. got by with she the rest managed. of it. And it was also, it was her... She's the one who decided to be that patient. I wouldn't have been that patient. I would have no. just well, demanded my money, bought a new stove and sued her sooner. Right. And it's funny because in the beginning, you know, she sells the appliance to her in, in February or March and she's out there in March trying to fix it. She's out there another time trying to fix it and apparently getting it going. She was really on it for a little while, and then it broke again, and then, you know, she just kind of walked away. You might say uh, she kind of put it on the back burner. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Sorry about <laughs> Cindy wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, if someone knows they have COVID and got on a plane or go to work and someone gets sick, can they be sued? Well, I have wondered about this ever since this pandemic started. I think if someone knows they have COVID and they are not exercising precautions like a mask or social distancing, knowing they have it and they expose themselves to you and you can prove you got it from them, which is a big thing, proving that, I think, frankly, you might have a case for damages that you suffer as a result because it's so irresponsible if you can trace it back to that person. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. 
Get personalized, on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said, done. This is the plaintiff, Desmond Barber. He says he brought his laptop to the defendant's shop for repair, and the guy lost it. Now all his data's missing, and he's here in the name of justice suing this irresponsible businessman for the $5,000 he's surely owed. This is the defendant, Michael. He says a former employee left under bad circumstances, and he thinks she stole the plaintiff's laptop. That being said, he recovered his data from his desktop. He offered to replace his desktop, but all this guy cares about is a money grab. He's accused of losing it all. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that he brought his laptop to the defendant's repair shop and the dude lost it. But the defendant says he recovered the guy's data and offered him a new laptop. But here they are. It's the case of, I'm sick of your lap dance. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Barber, what happened here? Yes, Your Honor. So on April 21st, I turned in my Acer laptop with a cracked screen to be fixed. Just a laptop or did you also bring them a desktop? Um, just a desktop, Your Honor, to have um, pictures taken off and put on a flash drive. Okay, and then what happens? Do you, do you call them? Do they call you? How do you find out that it's missing? Um, after I brought in the desktop, I they said that it would take about a month because parts were shipping in far away, and they said that they were still working on it. Fine. When do you realize they've lost your laptop? Because that's apparently what happened, and there's no dispute. Um, around June, when I started calling them, about two or three times a week. They just wouldn't return my call. And then I started leaving them voicemails and the voicemail box started to fill up. So I couldn't leave them a voicemail. And I even went down a couple of times to see if I could get in contact with someone in person at the shop, but there was no one there either. Okay, so what'd you do? Um, I followed the police report. They said that they couldn't do anything, that it was a civil matter. So I then filed the suit, uh, civil court suit and then I hired my private investigator to hopefully retrieve my property. And she was only able to retrieve the desktop, but not the laptop. Okay. Now, you hired a private investigator, and how much did you pay the private investigator? $2,000. Okay. Do you have proof of having paid the private investigator $2,000? Do you have a canceled check, a credit card statement, something where I can see that you actually paid that? Um, I just have the invoice. No, I saw the invoice. I'm asking if you have proof that you paid it, if you have actual proof that you paid it. Um, I had to cancel my bank account and get a new one due to identity theft. Okay. When did the identity theft happen? October 19th. Okay. I got how did, the, how that, did you find out? Um, I was called through the Social Security Administration, and they had all my information, and they had my banking information, which all was on my laptop that I turned in to get repaired. I'm sorry. What do you mean all your banking information was on your laptop? My banking information and all my information through school. How was, was on it laptop. on your laptop? When you say that, I know, but it wasn't glued on. How was it? Was it in your contacts? Was it in, did you mobile bank on your laptop? Explain to me how the information was in your laptop. I did the mobile banking through my laptop and I had several PDFs with my FASFO information and pertinent information on but the but you, but stuff too. had been lost okay but stuff had been lost since July why wouldn't you have 
change your bank accounts and stuff. It was under my impression that it was still getting fixed. Okay, but did you have passwords in your computer? Yes, Your Honor. Well, that's not very bright. Um, you should never do that. Let me hear from you, Mr. Michael, first, and then I'm going to hear from the investigator. Let me hear from you, Mr. Michael. Uh, what's going on? So I had uh, an employee that we let go uh, around the same time that uh, Mr. Barber had uh, apparently contacted our company, my company, uh, to, to do some service work for, for his laptop. Um, the ex-employee had apparently taken the laptop and attempted to do the service work herself. That was part of the reason why know? we had let her go, uh, because she had told us. Okay, but she told you and then you fired her for it? Why would she tell you then if that's inappropriate? We approached her on it and um, just based on, you know, the, the situation of us never having contact with, uh, with Mr. Barber. When I say um, us, I mean anybody in my company that was working for my company at that time. Um, I don't understand. We he says he, went, he walked into your physical shop and dropped off the two computers. He dropped off the desktop into the physical shop. The laptop, the laptop I believe he handed it to my ex-employee. It was outside. In of my your business. shop? Not in my shop. The it, laptop no. was not given to I, us. I'm sorry. Did you give, okay, Mr. Barber, did you meet that employee he's talking about elsewhere? No, I walked into the shop and I have um, a receipt okay. with his signature that I, that I paid for. Okay. So where are you getting the story about him? Oh, it's all the evil employee I let go. Where, where are you getting that story when, um, you know, he's got a receipt? Here's your shop. And data recovery from a drive and screen replacement Acer. Both of these things are all on one invoice. Why are they both on one receipt? You had said that you went in first and gave one thing and then second and gave another. Here's a service work order for May 22, which is the hard drive over to flash drive. So I should see a service order after that for the Acer, wouldn't I? That, that service order is for the, the desktop, Your Honor. I didn't get a I know. service order for the um Didn't you say laptop. that you gave you didn't get any service you just left a laptop and walked away? Yes, I got I paid for it and I got the receipt and the invoice. I didn't get the the um work order. My private okay. investigator was able to recover that. Here's the thing though. The invoice that you got is that something your private investigator got for you or is this something that you had beforehand because the invoice is dated 421. And the service order for the hard drive, which you say you brought in before the Acer, is dated 522. So something is wrong here. Let me speak to your private investigator, please. Can we? Uh, can you raise your right hand, please? Let's swear her in, Douglas, please. Absolutely. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. I do. Thank you. Your Honor. Okay, tell me your name, please. Jennifer Morales. All right, Jennifer, uh, uh, Ms. Morales. Um, so you, how do you get the call to try to track down what happened here? What does Mr. Barber, how does he reach out to you? He calls and asks if he could retain my services. I explained to him that with my training and experience, it's a little pricey, but he was willing to pay to get his computers back for himself and his family with all the school information that he had on there. He's in the military and his student loan information was on there. So he was willing to pay the flat fee that I was charging him. And I said that I will do the best I can for him. So he paid me. How did he pay you? A check? 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He paid me cash. He paid me $1,000 on July 1st and another final payment of $1,000 on August 1st. Okay. And um, what is your training and experience? Currently, I'm a licensed private investigator. I've been a licensed private investigator by the state of New York for three years. And prior to that, I was an undercover narcotics investigator for 18 years. All right. Now, um, were you a little surprised that someone was going to pay you $2,000 to recover a $400 laptop? Oh, I, it's not my impression that the laptop was that cheap. Um, I thought it was a, a lot more expensive than that. Um, but I know that uh, the reason that it was so important, too, the desktop contained photos that they were not able to get off of the computer. And I know that Desmond's father had passed away before he graduated high school. So it was very important for them to get those photos off. And I knew he would do anything to get those computers back. Let me uh, hold right there one second, Mr. Michael. Apparently, Mr. Barber had tried over and over calling and visiting, and you guys were completely non-responsive. What was going on? Uh, I wouldn't say that we were completely non-responsive. We were obviously Did you call him back? Locating he, he went out and, we, no, no, but he went out and hired a private investigator because you guys wouldn't, wouldn't answer him and, 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 did, and had nothing for him. You didn't have the hard drive, which apparently you ended up finding, right? You found the desktop, right? The desktop we had never lost, and we actually produced the, um, the, the data off of the desktop for him. Then why, I'm after sorry, I wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, first. hold on. After she, this is after a private investigator gets hired and goes over and starts relentlessly pursuing you, that's when you guys found the desktop. But why didn't you just, in all those other phone calls from April, May, June, July, before he hires her, why aren't you just taking that thumb drive and putting the pictures on it and giving him back his desktop. Ms. Morales, please tell me how it is that you end up locating the desktop. I went to his parents' home, and they were elderly people. And Whose parents' nice. home? The defendant's parents' home. Oh, my goodness. Okay, go ahead. I went there twice. The first time, he said that he was going to have his son call me, the defendant. He never called. So I went back to his parents two weeks later they were flabbergasted that he had not yet called me. His father was so kind, got on the phone immediately. And within an hour, I received a phone call from a girl named Jennifer, his girlfriend, the defendant's girlfriend. She said, oh, that they had removed the photographs from the desktop and placed them on the flash drive and would be available for me to be picked up the following day at the location of where the defendant's business was. So we made arrangements to meet at the business. And when I arrived, they were still in the process and it was not complete, even though she told me they had completed it. They were still in the process of downloading the pictures onto the flash drives, which turned out one of the flash drives doesn't even work and we cannot get into the desktop. And obviously we were not about to bring the desktop back to him. The desktop works though, right? You just can't find no. the pictures on it. We tried to get the desktop to work and get into it. We cannot. We cannot access any of the files. You raised your hand while she was talking. There was something you wanted to interject, Mr. Michael. Go ahead. They had brought the desktop in for data recovery services. So it was on purpose that the, the desktop itself obviously was not working. They weren't able to get the data off. That's why they had brought it to us so that we could recover the data. Just want to make that clear. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that he gave a thumb drive so you could do something that he could do himself. So it was data recovery on the desktop. And now she says that uh, the second th 
thumb drive doesn't work at all. When we copied the data with her in front of us, we showed her that there was files on both. We did everything that we could with the tools that we had to give her the information that was on the computer. So, I mean, that's obviously hearsay. I can't confirm All right. nor and deny where, Well, that's not hearsay. That's, that's direct evidence. That's not what hearsay is. But let me ask you this. Where is the laptop? You just don't know. No, we lost it. And we offered to replace it. All right. And what is the value of that laptop? Uh, we valued it at about $200 based on its condition that it was in from what we were told. I never oh, actually that's... saw the laptop, so... I mean, if it wasn't in that condition, from what I've been able to look up of the statistics of that, can I speak to your client? Go ahead and bring your client back. Thank you, Investigator Morales. You've been very You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Barber, let me ask you a question. Um, what did you pay for the laptop? Because the value you're assessing in this lawsuit and the value that I see for the laptop are very, very different. It was estimated about $600. I, I don't want an estimate. I want proof because when I look it up, when I look up the specifics of that laptop, it's worth 400 so, and that's not with a broken screen, okay? That's one. Then we've got the, the Dell desktop, and you're, you're suing for 1500 If you estimate the value at six, I don't know why you're suing for 1500 for that. Then you're suing for 1500 for the cost of a Dell desktop. But you brought it in for data recovery, so that thing wasn't working when you brought it to them, right? Correct, Your Honor. But it was still yeah. lost, and it wouldn't, they wouldn't return it to me, so I had to hire the investigator just to get it back. I, I understand that. Like I understand that. I understand that. But but you want me to make them pay you 1500 for breaking a Dell that was broken when you gave it to them. That's why you gave it to them. Your investigator was telling me that on one of the thumb drives, you weren't able to obtain any information. Is that correct? Have you taken the, correct, the Dell Honor. anywhere else to try to do data recovery or not yet? No, Your Honor. It's still in my house. All right. So in two summarize you brought the stuff to them april or may april for the laptop and may for the desktop you're calling them and not getting any response you were leaving voicemails nobody's returning your voicemails and then the office was locked when you went to it and then you that's when you went out and hired a private investigator and um the investigator cost you two thousand dollars and she tried to track so. down mike's michael's father twice to get michael to respond Normally, I'd look at him and say, wow, are you nuts paying $2,000 to try to retrieve a $400 laptop? But it's not for a $400 laptop. It's for everything. The pictures that he had of his family, everything that he had entrusted you guys because you guys weren't returning his calls. So he, ha he ends up spending the $2,000 to get any response. So normally, I'd look at him and say, what are you nuts? $2,000 for an investigator? But... He couldn't even get the pictures, which are priceless, because you guys weren't responding. I'm ordering you to pay him the $2,000 to recompense him for the private investigator. I'm also ordering you to pay him. I'm not, the value of your laptop is $400. i am not going to order them to pay you that. You had a cracked screen. But I am going to order them to pay you $300 for losing it. That's $2,300. Your request for additional monies because of lost or stolen identity... I don't know how you could ever prove in a million years to me that if you did have a stolen identity, that in fact that stolen identity was because of this laptop that nobody can find. There are a million ways to have a stolen identity, and they're incredibly, incredibly difficult to trace to where it happened. If you're careless enough to have information on a laptop that you hand to somebody else without encrypting it, then I don't know where else you also have that information. So I have no idea... If your identity was in fact stolen, I have absolutely no idea where it was stolen from, and really neither do you. 
but I am going to order them to pay you $2,300 verdict for the plaintiff. So the plaintiff recovers $2,000 at least of what he was at the private investigator's fees that he was charged. Michael, the store owner, uh, are you shocked that somebody had to fire a, hire a private investigator to find something that, that was given to you? Isn't that amazing? No. Uh, due to the circumstances that we went through and what happened with the business, we had a lot of issues. And um, I'm, I'm thankful that we made it through it. So the fact that he had to do that, I, I'm not surprised. I'm glad he's getting back what he, you know, what he had uh, uh, put into it uh, at the very least. We wanted to help him from the beginning. It's just circumstances didn't allow us to. So. Well, listen, that, you got you got to cough up the money for that, uh, Mr. Barber. Let me ask you: Where did you get the idea to hire a private eye to do this? Most people wouldn't, you know, would never think of doing that. After finding the police report and hearing that they couldn't do anything for me. And telling me that I had to go to small claims, I got the idea to hire the private investigator to hopefully recover and be more personal and get my um, laptop and computer back. All right. Well, listen, congratulations. All right. You're getting some of what you were seeking. All right. That'll wrap it up for this case. Let's find out what the judges have to say about it now. It's hard not to feel bad for somebody who loses a computer like this laptop where you have your whole life on it, you know, photographs, files, memories, important documents, etc. And uh, this young man, he went the extra mile, hired, hired a private eye to the tune of $2,000. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, originally when I'm when I'm hearing it, I'm like, well, that's crazy because you know it was a broken. It sounded like good money after bad. Good money after bad, first, but first time it... truthfully, it, it, you know, uh, you really can't. You know what I would do if I lost the sixty thousand photos of our family oh, that are in my. Oh, it would be a computer. holy war if you're um, trying to get it back. Now, you really out there, you got to understand that you know anything can crash at any time, and you have right. to have an external hard drive, right. particularly for the important things in your life that can't be replaced, like pictures. But. Right. Um, and your, yeah. your identity can be stolen through many different means. Yeah, so it's certainly he wasn't able to, to prove yeah. that under the circumstances. So Victoria wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, my ex-boyfriend brought me a promise ring in anticipation of getting engaged. He's now demanding the ring back. Am I legally obligated to give it back? If it is not a gift in contemplation of marriage, your ex is out of luck. The only way you have to give it back is if it's an engagement ring, anticipating that you're going to get married. Promise ring doesn't cut it. It's yours, Victoria. That'll do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Jolene Roca. She says she went to get her hair done by the defendant, and the unskilled woman got glue all over her natural hair, and all of it had to be cut off. She certainly isn't a professional, and she's here suing her for the $800 she's owed. This is the defendant, Driana Akuteri. She says the plaintiff is making a mountain out of a molehill. She admits she got a tiny bit of glue on one section of the woman's head. But please, she's trying to make a federal case out of it. She's accused of creating a sticky situation. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff got hair extensions courtesy of the defendant and says it's such a mess. The plaintiff has glue all over her scalp, but the defendant says she got a little drop of glue on the woman and she freaked out over nothing. It's the case of a sticky situation. Thank you, Douglas. You are welcome.
Okay, Ms. Roca, what happened? Hi, so basically I went to go get my hair done. Um, I wanted to get this hairstyle called Island Locks. You know, I was looking for a hairstylist that can do my hair before I started culinary school. You know, um, I explained to her what I wanted. You know, she was really nice. Communication was great. Um, I booked my appointment with her the same day that I found her on Instagram. And I also saw that she did my cousin's hair as well. And I really liked it. Um, I didn't have any issues. You know, she gave me um, the details on where to um, book everything. You know, I went through everything. I booked it and I paid 175 for the hairstyle. Um, my appointment was actually scheduled for 11 o'clock that morning. And she sent me a message and said that she had to reschedule. You know, being the person that I am, I'm understanding. So I was just like, you know what? No problem. You know, I understand things happen. So as the time was going by, she texted me again and told me that she wasn't going to be able to do my hair at that time. And she had to reschedule for later on in that day. Um, so not only did she reschedule twice in a day, but I still made my way to go and get my hair done, you know? And I didn't request for any money back or anything. How do you know I don't have kids, you know, of that nature? So I still went nice and I didn't have an attitude when I got there. She was still doing someone's someone else's hair. And I waited for a whole hour and a half to get my hair done. Okay, so you stay, you get the hairstyle done. What time do you get out of there? I didn't leave until um, 1.30 in the morning. Oh, goodness. I was finishing okay. my hair. And w when you left, were you happy? Did you like how it looked? Yes, I did. Do I admit, I did like my hair the moment she did my hair. I wouldn't take that away. I did love my hair, and I told her that. Okay. And then what happens, though? I, usually when I get my hair done, I can't keep a hairstyling for a long time because I have, like, sensitive scalp, and I have to wash my hair right away. So I don't leave, like, those hairstyles for a long time. So when I was getting ready to take my hair out, when I When you say taking out your hair, it's because... Hold on, hold on. When you say taking no, out no, your no. hair, it's because she put extensions? Yes. She added um, braiding So you were going to take out the extensions. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, so go as on. As I was taking out what my happened? hair, um, I realized that it was glue on my natural hair. You know, I actually, in the midst of finding out when that happened, I sent her a message on Facebook. And I did let her know, and she said, oh, no, um, I'm so sorry. She told me that she was going to take it out for me. But my thing is... I wouldn't want to go back to you. You put glue on my hair. You know, as I was taking it, it wasn't just in one portion of my hair. It was actually in the front portion of my hair as well. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? So, I, And mind you, this is not regular hair glue. This is nail glue, you know? And um, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know, my hair, like, I take pride in my hair. So I'm like, I have to cut it off. Like, what else is there for me to do? But did, you know? but, so you just did, you didn't want her to try to fix it. Did you go to someone else to, to try to get the extensions off or no? No, I didn't. Are these pictures of what was happening? Yes. Okay. Now, the, is that an extension? That's an extension, right? No, that's, no, that's, no, that's my hair. What'd you end up doing? How did you solve the problem? Oh man, Jeff. I was up until I, I was up until six o'clock the next morning trying to take out my hair. You know, I was actually um, you know, I just ended up having to loose it out. You know, I had to unbraid the hair. I had to try to see if I could cut like the ends of the extension off where I can, you know, take out my natural hair to unravel it. So, did you call her and say I want my money back, and she refused? Yes, I did. Okay, Miss Aquatera, what happened? Is it typical to glue? Mm -hmm to put glue on, on the real hair because isn't that gonna damage the real hair?
Um, yes. So it wasn't intentions. My intentions wasn't to get it on the her natural hair. It was only supposed to be on the extensions. But um, I do understand where she come from. Like nail glue is definitely not supposed to be on um someone's natural hair. But um, because I was new to these this style, like I learned it through YouTube. You know what I'm saying? They don't teach you how to do this style in cosmetology school. So I had to go through YouTube and find my figure it out myself. So, um, but why nail glue? That oh, that's what they recommended. So I went with what they reckon with the other stylist recommended. I didn't really know. I, I figured okay. out other ways now to, you know, go around it. But yeah. at the time I was still using the nail glue. So then why wouldn't you give her her money back? I was just a little skeptical and she said she was going to send me more pictures, but I never received the pictures. So I didn't know how to go about it, honestly. And like I said, me being a new stylist, I'm like, oh, this hasn't happened to me before. So, you know, it's not a big deal, especially because she only But it is a big deal. Picture. Look at you. You're being sued no, it definitely and you're being is a sued on deal. national television. It's a big deal. And now she also wants pain and suffering. Um but I got to tell you, I mean, this, you know, as much as we all love our hair and as complicated as hair can be, um, it, 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 pain and suffering isn't for a ba bad hair cases. Um, but she is certainly going to get all of her money back, not part of it, all of it. Um, because it sounds like you're pretty much admitting that you went about it the wrong way, which I appreciate. So I'm ruling in favor of Ms. Roca in this case for the entire $175. Good luck. Oh, um, it's not for, it was for here as well, though. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. She purchased here as well. So it's, it's, it was two separate prices in one. So she paid an additional $50 for me to purchase the hair. So is that accurate? And the hair part, you got the benefit of, right? Because you had the hairstyle. So she's right about I, that it should be $125 back. All right. My yes. ruling is $125 in favor of the plaintiff. Thank you. So the plaintiff is going to get $125 back. Ms. Akutari, how do you feel about that? Uh, you know, you seem to be um, okay, I guess. It. I really didn't have an issue giving her her money back. It was just the fact that she went on Facebook and put my, you know, my personal information out there and that really hurted me. So it was just like, whoa, before me and her could have came to an agreement, she just went on Facebook and tried to bash me about it. So I think that's what really, you know, took me. But I'm fine with giving her her 125 back. I have no issue with that. All right. Well, you you seem like a very kind person, indeed. Good enough. It's, it's, a, it's a shame you had to <laughs> come to you. court for this. Ms. Roca, what about yeah. that? Uh, you know, she said she would give you your money back. How come you had to sue her for it? Um, Because, as I stated, you know, I asked for the money. She didn't want to give it back to me because the first thing she kept on telling me was she has a no refund policy. The options was either to go back to her and get a hairstyle as a discount price and after you put doing my hair why would I want to return back to you to do my hair me going on Facebook wasn't to bash her me going on Facebook was to let other people know that when they get this hairstyle not to put glue in their hair so basically alerting someone else if they get this hairstyle not to let the hairstylist put glue in your hair well the, the word has gotten out far and wide now thanks to this so you're okay you're happy you get your money back right Yes, I am. I don't know much about hair, but I do know that if there's two kinds of glue, one that's called hair glue and one that's called nail glue, I know which one I want on my head. 
<laughs> Agreed? Yeah, pretty All much. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've had nail glue. The whole idea is to never let go. That's what nail glue is for. It's so right. you, you right. can't let go. And, and I have to say that, you know, it doesn't inspire confidence in me as a customer. If I go, let's say, let's say I went to a doctor and I had to have a surgical procedure done. If she came to me and said, well, I haven't done this before, but I saw a YouTube, YouTube video, <laughs> that might be a time to worry a little bit. But she might be a terrific hairstylist, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying this particular style was kind of a new thing for her. You right? know, when our, when our kids went off to college, when Christy, the oldest, went off to college, I, I started to panic. I went into a blind panic. I'm like, I haven't taught you how to sew a button. I haven't <laughs> taught you how to change a tire. She right. goes, well, I'm leaving without a car. And she says, and I know how to sew a button. I'm like, how do you know how to sew a button? Right. She goes, I write the words, how to sew a button on YouTube, Mom. Right. <laughs> uh, so YouTube can be an absolutely wonderful resource. Just, you just maybe don't want your professional learning from that You way. can learn a lot, yeah. and uh, you can accomplish a lot through YouTube, no question. Tammy wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, uh, do businesses have the right to tell you what type of mask you have to wear in their establishment? That's a good one. I don't know whether they can say, well, that's not a good mask. You need an N95, you need a cloth mask. I think the key is you just got to wear a mask, whatever it is, to protect everyone. See you next time. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done.